Could you imagine someone telling you they want to give you criticism? It sounds negative from the outset. But in truth, criticism means an interpretation, an understanding of who you are, how you behave, what the values are or challenges you face. So why is giving criticism so difficult? On today's KL podcast, we start the first of two episodes on giving criticism, followed by receiving criticism. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the KL podcast. We're excited to be back with you today, and we're starting another mini-series. We enjoyed the last one so much. We're going to do another two-part podcast. This time, we're going to talk about how to give criticism and then next time, how to receive criticism. Uh, I think giving criticism is so much easier than having to receive criticism. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, the, this is the layup podcast for us, right? There you go. Well, give, giving it effectively is probably what we're going to focus on. Oh, wait, anybody, we're going to talk about giving it effectively? We can, we're not just giving criticism? Yeah. <laughs> Before we get down the road. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Before we start in on the real topic. Henry, did you get your job? Oh, Tim, listen, some things, <laughs> some things are meant to be and others are not meant to be. And I received some constructive criticism. Uh, I did not get the job, but it's okay. I mean, it was a, it was a great feedback session. It was a great opportunity yeah. and I learned quite a bit in the process. Yeah. Do you think that, I, I'm just curious if you feel like that diminishes our credibility on the previous two podcasts that instructed people on how to best get a job. When you say our credibility, do you mean our credibility or just my credibility? Because I feel I like know. I'm under the spotlight right now. One team, one dream. Well, now that my ego is completely crushed, as we move <laughs> forward into the rest of this podcast, I will do my best to sit back and let you guys be the experts on criticism. Well, let me just tell you, I, hey, we had to discuss this. Yeah, that's the, no, ele that's the I, elephant in the room. You put yourself out there. You I want did. to talk about how you interviewed, and then everybody's gonna, you know, everybody wants to know if you got the job or not. And so I would just say, <laughs> you know, the to put a bow on that entire situation. Sometimes the best candidate doesn't get the job. Oh man, that's so kind of you to say. In this <laughs> case, I'm going to say that the best candidate for the position will get the position. And this time it wasn't me, and that's okay. There's a hey, there's plenty of fish in the sea. I don't even know if that makes sense anymore. Hey, whatever. It doesn't. Let's talk about criticism. There's a whole, okay, there's a whole other podcast. Fish, Henry. There's a whole other podcast in there. That's right? a whole how, how we re, how we respond and how we rebound and bounce back. So that's right. It's time, to lean on it's time to lean on resilience. There is no segue or pivot here other than for me just to cut you guys off and get straight back into this. <laughs> Let's get to it. So I, I did a little research on criticism because I was interested. I've, I've now gotten interested as we talk about these words. I'm interested in like, where do they come from? And, and it, here's what's really interesting about criticism. You can take it all the way back to Greek and Latin. Uh, but, but really what's interesting about criticism is that it has this um, it's almost like an art critic or a book critic or a movie critic. Like that's the, the etymology of the word is about the history or is about the engagement in, in arts, in discussion. It's really about, let's have a discussion about a topic and, and, and it's our, um, our understanding of it, which provides additional context to it. 
criticism as a negative, criticism as I'm criticizing you, would you want to know whenever that became something that was more normal, when that became like the general understanding of the word? Guess when that was? 2014. You are really close. It was in the 90s. The 1990s is when criticism became associated as a negative word. I would have thought that criticism would have been negative wow. for a long, long, long time. But um, no, it was the 1990s. That's whenever people started to use it as a, as, as, as a negative. So uh, I've always, I guess I've always thought of it as a negative, but that's not really the case. So criticism is really about a discussion uh, and engage in an educated discussion on a topic. Um, it's actually, you know, what I, you know what I loved? Tell me. Is that you presented this and you came up with this, Henry. You, this is your topic. Yeah. Um, and I, it's really good too. I like it. Um, but you presented it as criticism and not feedback. Feedback. Yeah. I mean, I, like, oh, the deep sigh, <laughs> all these words that we use. It's so funny. All these words that we use that are soft. We make sure it's a pillow fight. I'm not criticizing you. I'm giving you feedback. You don't have any weaknesses. They're just opportunities. I mean, come on, let's cut to it. It's criticism. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Let's but criticism is actually historically positive. It is actually considered an interpretation a criticism is an interpretation of something that you're seeing. And ideally, the person who's providing the criticism has some kind of uh, expert position uh, or a background on the topic that gives them the opportunity, the ability, or the insight to be able to say, this is why I believe there is an opportunity for you to improve. Uh, that's why I'm giving you this feedback. Now, well, it could go, it could go either way, right? Yeah. So if you think about a movie critic. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean, you know, even though they are hard on some movies sometimes, but, you know, they also give positive reviews as well. So it could go either way. And, and Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's where I'm going with, you know, our aversion to the word criticism. It's like, oh, man, that's it just that's, sounds like it's going to be negative. And it's not. It's people's just a feelings. Review. So we better not ever use that word again. Let's take it out of the dictionary. Right. Just, you know, let's let's talk about it. I'm lobbying right now to change our end of year reviews to our end of year criticisms and just to see what, <laughs> what happens to people. Done. But that's what it is. That's really what it is. So, so th that's the history of the word. So why does it matter that we are providing criticisms to, to, to people or to, or, you know, to movies? Why does that matter? I mean, I, I think for me, Henry, speaking of people, and if you are in a leadership position or leadership role, right, it's it's about about the person, I think, and then about the team or the organization. And and for me, I think it is criticism, but I do think it should come from a place that says I I, I care about the development of this individual. Yeah. And I owe it to them to to give them this critique so they know where they need to improve. Right. And it's Crit for the critique betterment. is an interesting word, Josh, because they talk about critique as well as, as a different perspective of criticism. It's like they've almost differentiated those two, but they're not different. They're really the same thing. A critique is a criticism. Yeah. I, I feel they are. I mean, I could I could be convinced of differently <laughs> with the right argument. But, you know, I, I think that needs to be the origin of it or of, of that session. Right. It needs to be about that individual and then that individual's impact on the broader team. In, in the impact that it's having, right? So, uh, you know, much like kind leadership, you know, I think it needs to come from a place that 
you're, you are wanting to build this person up and to build your team and, and to make it as strong, the organization as strong as it can be. Uh, and like we've said, you know, brutal honesty doesn't have to index on, on the brutal piece. We can just be honest. And I think it's the same with criticism. You know, if, if you've built that relationship and it's coming from a place of, of wanting to correct the behavior so it improves that individual and improves the team and the organization, it's, it's, it's coming from the right place. Yeah, I agree. I, it's necessary. I mean, as yeah. a leader, you have a job, you have an objective, you know, whatever that might be. And it's your responsibility as a leader to get your team moving in the right direction. And, you know, if they leave the path to achieve that objective, it's, it's our responsibility as leaders to course correct. Pretty simple, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, we, we were joking earlier about giving criticism is easier than receiving it. Um, it, it is to some degree. For some people, Henry. For some you know, people. For some I mean, people. I've, I've watched so many people squirm <laughs> yes. when faced with the task of providing criticism or feedback or whatever we're calling it. I, you know, you are saying, no, it's much easier to give criticism than to receive it. I'll promise you, there's a lot of people, and unfortunately, some of them are in leadership positions. Given the choice, they would say, yeah, just criticize me. <laughs> Sitting in a room with somebody, For looking sure. them in the yeah. face and providing criticism, it's just way too uncomfortable. Well, I, I, my point was that it, it seems easier because if you're thinking to yourself, uh, would I rather receive it or give it? You'd say, oh, I'd rather give criticism than have to receive it because I don't want someone to tell me what I'm not good at. But the truth is, when you tell someone that they, you have to go and give criticism to this person, they become very uncomfortable. A lot of people will become very right. uncomfortable because it, it, you know, you ha now have to put yourself in an expert position, and you may not feel like you're an expert. You may hurt someone's feelings, and you, you know, no matter how tough you act, you probably don't want to hurt people's feelings. And mm -hmm. I'll speak for myself. Um, I was in a position this week where I had to give some critical feedback, some criticism. And it probably to the person receiving it felt like I had no problem delivering it. And it really should have felt that way because I spent a lot of time preparing how I was going to approach that conversation so that it felt like I was having no problem delivering it. And hopefully they could have no problem receiving it. And lots yeah. of different, lots of different pieces to that process were built in there, but I had to prepare ahead of time. I wasn't just going to, cold call somebody and say, let me give you a list of all the things that I want to criticize about you. That's but not some people do, do that. And that's right. And you know, that's, that's the heart of this episode Yeah, <laughs> is how do we do it the right way? Yeah. Because there's plenty of people that either don't know the right way to provide criticism or they're currently doing it the wrong way. So that's what we're right. talking about today. And, you know, it's really, it's really interesting, Henry, the three of us read different articles all related to the same topic. And the article that I focused on talked about, you know, cause I'm a big science guy um, talked about, <laughs> talked about the science of the situation, but it made a lot of sense. And it said, you know, when it comes to the neuroscience behind criticism, our brains constantly scanning its current situation to determine whether this is a safe place or a dangerous place. And the wrong approach to providing criticism can invoke 
fight or flight for sure. yeah, yeah. from the person that's receiving it. That, yeah. And that's just, that's human nature. So if a person feels safe, then you get the best version of them in, in the feedback or criticism, you know, session. But if they feel threatened, if they feel like they're in a dangerous situation, then they will either fight you. That's pretty self-explanatory. Or the flight piece, I think we've all been there. It's just disengagement. They just shut yeah. down. They're not really hearing it. So how you approach it is everything. For sure. Yeah. yeah that, that was actually a big piece of the article that I read as well, Tim, in, in talking about, you know, you can put people in a defensive disposition quite a bit if you're not, you know, intentional about the way you're delivering it and, and you know, setting that setting the table, right, to receive that type of, of criticism. Uh, but what I found interesting is, I think most of everything we read talked about your preparation for the conversation and what you're going to do when you get into that room and, you know, what could potentially happen. But I think it's important to call out also that, you know, I think that that starts way ahead of that, you know, when maybe when that employee joins your team or when you join the team and new, yeah. you're a new leader on there, if you're not setting expectations up front, right, if you're not having consistent conversations about performance, good and negative, um, then all of a sudden when you've got to deliver criticism like that, man, it just amplifies. It becomes so much more difficult if you haven't built on that relationship or right. if you haven't, you know, if you haven't been having those conversations along the way, yeah, it's going to be super difficult. But if you've been having them, all of a sudden it diffuses and it really shouldn't be a surprise to that person when that criticism comes. So I think what we're getting into here is how you deliver, how you deliver criticisms. And, uh, and this is where we're probably going to tap into the articles. And I love that, that Tim is into the science article and, and, and Josh is in this really well thought out professional article. I've got one from the art of manliness. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, man, it's, 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 it's not manly to not be able to give criticism. <laughs> sort of the subcontext of this article. Yeah, I know. If you're not shaking your head. Uh, anyway, there are some good points in here. So I thought that at least that much of it was interesting. So how do you deliver effective criticism? Well, let's start here, Henry, because I don't want to go the whole episode without saying this. Oh, boy. I want to, <laughs> I want to focus initially, so I don't forget it, on how you don't deliver criticism. I, Tim Carger, absolutely hate the sandwich feedback method. And when yeah. I was researching, when I was researching this, did it come up in yours? In your article? Almost every, almost every article that I looked at, if you just, you know, if you're just researching how to provide effective criticism, almost every article says use the sandwich feedback method or Absolutely do not use the sandwich feedback method. <laughs> it is polarizing. It goes one way or the other. And let me tell you, I cannot stand it. So for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, there is a school of thought that the effective way to provide criticism is you lead with something good. So you praise the person. Mm -hmm. Then you critique them. And then you follow up with more praise. So praise then sneak in some criticism, you know, little, little sandwich in there in the middle of criticism, and then 
Make sure you backdoor it with praise because we don't want anybody to have a bad feeling. This is ineffective because people walk away from that and they're like, two out of three, that's pretty good. I got, I got some, they don't focus on the criticism. It's all covered up. And, you know, a, another horrible byproduct of it is you kind of train your, train your people in a Pavlovian way. Every time you praise them, then they're sitting there waiting for the criticism because you, you deliver them in tandem all the time. It's just a bad method. And, you know, honestly, it's not for the people receiving. It's for the people providing because they're uncomfortable just focusing on something that needs to be criticized and they feel like they need to dress it all up. So it's easier. You you lose the message though, right? I mean, you absolutely lose the message. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of, I don't know if this just happens in my house or if it's in other houses, but when, when our kids were babies, my wife wanted them to eat vegetables so bad that she would like, you know, blend up vegetables and sneak it into stuff. Yeah. So they didn't know it was in there. Well, that's exactly what happens. The people that are receiving it don't know it's in there. They do not receive that criticism. It's a bad way to do it. So I've cleansed myself of that. Now we can move on to the right (laughs) way. Well, no, I'm glad you said that because (laughs) I felt the same way about it. I see the benefit to the person delivering the message. They get to walk away going, oh, that wasn't so bad. But the person receiving it is probably wondering, so am I doing a good job or a bad job? It's confusing. Yeah, it's really confusing. So, all right. So, uh, Josh, do you agree with that or do you have a different point of view? No, I do. I do. Um, and I, I would say that I haven't always agreed with that, but uh, more recently, and I'll say even, you know, I've been had the opportunity to be in, in some feedback sessions or some critique sessions that Tim has been facilitating. And I've watched it work exactly how he's saying and just, you know, lead up front with here's here's what we're going to talk about. Um and so I do. I do think it is much more effective that way to uh, to lead with what's going on. Uh, I do think that you focus on the behavior, right, and not the individual. I think that's super important yes. because ultimately, you need the goal is to correct negative behavior, right? And so I, I do think that it's imperative that you focus on that and not the individual, so that they do know that it's it's a a skill that they can improve to improve their performance on the team. It's not that that they are bad. It's they're doing something that needs to be corrected. But I do, I do agree with that. I've I've seen it both ways and I've delivered both ways now. And they they need to leave that room knowing that there is something that needs to be corrected. Not that I've got two goods and one bad. And, and the something is, is, is important. This has come up a number of times in these in these articles that I've read, but you have to be very specific about what the something is that needs to be corrected. It should be crystal clear. This is the thing. I'm not going to be vague about it. I'm not going to go on and on. This is the thing we want to fix. Right. And you need to provide. You got to provide specific examples. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you need to provide specific recommendations and actionable feedback. And that's a great one because that works both ways when people are complaining about an issue, if they actually had some feedback on how it could be resolved rather than just being frustrated about it. But that's an aside. We don't need to go down that path. But yes, here's exactly what's wrong. And here's how you can, here's my suggestion on how it can be improved. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the opposite end of the spectrum, gosh, this is just such a great topic. The opposite (laughs) end of the spectrum, because I've seen so, I've seen so many people just completely botch 
criticism and feedback, it's painful. The opposite end of the spectrum from providing specific feedback is somebody who leads with an analogy. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, it's like, so Michael Scott, you know, it's (laughs) let's pretend you're in the jungle. You know, I mean, it's like, what are you talking about, man? Is this even about me? I've seen this. Don't leave with analogy. Just give specific feedback. My goodness. Come on. You know, uh, one of the one of the points that came up in my article was uh, point out the positives. And I feel like pointing out the positives veers into the sandwich approach. I'll say this, uh, not to come back to this, how you sandwich the conversation, but if you're very specific about the issue and you've created uh, some, some a plan for how it can be improved, then the positive you can end on is what the world looks like when the improvement has been made. You know, and granted, it's a bit speculative, but to say, here's where we are today and here are the actions that you need to take to improve it because this is what it can look like if that happens. And that's an infinitely better place than where we are now. That's yeah. the kind of positive right. that I want to, so it doesn't need to be a sandwich. You know, it's, it's, this is where we're going and this is what it looks like right. when we finally arrive. So that's when right. I, when I think of pointing out the positives, I think of yeah. pointing out the positive outcomes. Right. Well, and that's related to the feedback, Henry. And I think that is a hundred percent appropriate. I mean, this sandwich method is, you took me back to it. I was done with it. I was cleansed. <laughs> I was I was purged of it, and you took me right back to it. But the pro- the problem is, a lot of people that use this, once again, we've already said that it's this is for their own comfort. They pr- use the sandwich method. They use praise that doesn't even have anything to do with the situation. You know, it's like, I like your shoes. Could you stop being late? And you've got great hair. <laughs> I mean, it's like there's... You know, when they walk right. away, they're like, oh, man, my, my shoes are awesome, man. I've got good hair. You I, don't get good hair like this, but coming in early, that's for sure. That's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's just, they, they don't even, the things aren't even related. It's like, I must find something to praise on yeah. the front and back end, and then we'll just sneak in this little piece that's really yeah. bothering me. Hey, you know, and I think it is possible to, you know, to interject some positive in there for sure. It, if it's factual, right? I mean, let's just say there's a behavioral issue. We're in a sales organization and this person is a great seller, you know, and it's, I think you can say, Hey, it's obvious you are a great salesperson, right? But the way you're handling this situation is creating a problem, you know? And, and I think that there's some positive there to say, Hey, you're, you're not all bad. (laughs) We're focusing on this issue on the specific behavioral issue that needs to be corrected. And then, you know, follow up Henry with what you're saying. Can you imagine if this is corrected, you know, the impact on the team that this will have or how much better this might be? Right. Yeah. I I mean, that's fine. Just randomly looking for some praise to squash around the criticism though, just doesn't work. I'll tell you one thing that I thought was really interesting in the stuff that I read. Um, They focus on this technique called Terra, T-E-R-A. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, nice little acronym for you. And the T stands for tribe. And I love this because it talks about the importance of the person that you're criticizing. It talks about the importance of them understanding that we're in this together. And part of it has to do with the language that you use. You know, you use we instead of you. But, you know, I'll tell you one thing that 
I try to do if, you know, if I can, I think you really can disarm someone and you can make them understand that this is about we and not just them. If you have a similar story from your background, I mean, if possible, I do that all the time. If I'm providing feedback to someone and they've made a mistake that I've made in the past, I will say, you know what? I did the same thing and this is what happened. It did not turn out well for me. If you can personalize it yourself as the person who's providing the criticism and you can identify with it and, you know, it doesn't once again focus on them as an individual, it focus on the action that anyone could do, including the person that's providing the feedback. Okay, we're in it together. And that's a critical piece of that Terra method is once again, the tribe. Are we in this together? Or not. And to Josh's point, a lot of that has to do with the relationship that's built before and trust and, you know, everything else and knowing your people and, you know, trust makes the criticism so much easier. But you have to have that piece in place where they feel like you are with them, no matter how harsh that criticism might be. You want to run through those other three uh, points in that acronym? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love this. Um, So the first one is tribe. I just went through that. You know, are we in this together or is this combative? And the second is expectation. And this isn't what you think. So it isn't like setting expectations clearly up front and then you provide, you know, when they don't meet your expectations and that's where the criticism comes from. This expectation is like at the very beginning of your getting ready to provide the criticism. And that is lead with a brief summary. So The unknown feels dangerous and it affects the focus of the person that you're talking to. So don't say, I have some feedback for you. Come to my office when you get a chance. You know, instead say, I really want to talk through how you handled this situation. Um, Let's chat in my office later on. Then they know what we're going to talk about. You know, it's not this ambiguous, hey, I have something to talk to you about. That doesn't do any good. So you know, when you are setting up the, the session to provide criticism, make sure you just provide a brief summary. That's yeah. all the expectations. Yeah. The R is rank because back to science, our brain is constantly asking, are you more or less important than me? And so as a leader, you want to level rank in these situations. And the way that you do that is you ask questions. So you ask questions to level the ranks. So, you know, when you were doing this in this specific way, you know, did you feel comfortable doing it? Did you feel like this was going to have a good outcome? How do you think maybe we can do this better next time? You lead with questions so that you're soliciting feedback from them before you provide your feedback. That's how you level the rank. And then the last, the last letter in that acronym is A, and that stands for autonomy. And when it comes to autonomy, our brain's evaluating whether the other person is making all the decisions or if you actually get to make some decisions. So, you know, you're sitting there thinking, is this person dictating to me or am I engaged in this conversation and it's a two-way street? And the way that you optimize autonomy, once again, asking questions is a very important part about this. But you ask questions, you let the employee provide feedback and make decisions, you give them a sense of control, Mm -hmm. and then you add your criticism. So 
I I love these really good these yeah, four good. points so much. I I feel like they do a they, they do a great job of bridging the 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 challenges between delivering criticism and receiving criticism. It like strips away or maybe it, it minimizes a lot of those elements that make it more stressful than it ought to be. And you can within this really focus on the outcome, the goal of actually improving this person. Uh, yeah. th these are interesting points. I feel like Tim. Uh, these are more unique than what Josh and I pulled. Is that right, Josh? I mean, I, what I got was nothing like like these kind of points. It was, yeah, no, I mean, I, I love the way it's consolidated. As I was, you know, reading up and, and trying to gather information for the conversation, I think I saw pieces of that throughout several articles. Yeah. But to see it pulled together like that, it's, I really like that. It's but this is talking about like how you set the conversation up, yeah. uh, what, what the concerns are that the other people are going to have, uh, how to make sure you're setting it up for a great outcome. You know, what are the factors that are going to be, that are going to create stress. Whereas I feel like when I was reading, it was like, here's how you're going to deliver your criticism. You're going to start here. Then you're going to do this. Then it's going to happen that way. And very prescriptive. Right. Right. Where is, is this, it's, it's a prescription for sure, but it's different. There's something different well, about it. It's I thought it was really It's almost like the dis it's almost like the difference between strategy and tactics. It, that's you know? it. So, that's exactly what know, it is. I would say that the Terra model, which I wasn't familiar with, it's one of those things I read it and I agreed with every single thing. And then I was thinking, man, I have never heard of this, but I agree with it. And it's really good. I love it. Um, and I'll probably use it moving forward when I'm when I'm coaching people on how to deliver criticism. But that's kind of the strategic piece. And then it sounds like you two really focused on the tactical piece, which is important yeah. as well. I mean, we got to be yeah. able to execute in the room. Uh, but I think that's the difference. Yeah, I, I tell you the two pieces that I really love out of that, out of that, and I, I got it from some other articles as well, but, you know, start by asking questions. And, and I think that's a great way to diffuse the conversation and make them feel like they have a stake in what's about to happen in that uh in that process. And then the other was, you know, to be able to take input as the person delivering the, the feedback, you know, take input from that person. So they feel like they're a part of the solution or the correction that needs to, to happen. And right. And if that happens before you guys just tie on an action plan, you're both involved in that and they don't feel like they're maybe just being dictated to, Yeah. but they are, they are an active member of that action plan. Yeah. I think, you know, I feel like a lot of our, a lot of our discussions come back to this. It comes down to communication skills yeah. a lot because, you know, we're sitting here saying, ask questions, that helps. Well, I mean, there's a way that you can ask questions that's really effective. And then there's a way that you can ask questions that make it awkward and mm -hmm. clumsy. And if you get someone in a room and you say, so do you think that was a good idea? <laughs> you know, it, it's just... <laughs> that sounds kind of attacking, you know, but if you get someone in a room and you really try to have a conversation and seek to understand, yeah. you know, when you're going through this, you know, tell me about the decision-making process. I, I think that is like, I'm trying to understand where we went wrong here. There's a big difference, you know, in trying to get someone to indict themselves and seeking to understand. And that's the difference in asking those questions in an effective way, in a way that's going to completely spin off the tracks. So um, as we kind of wrap this conversation up, I was thinking that we could maybe each take a moment 
and talk about one of the points that we read that, that we thought was most impactful. Not that they're not all impactful or important, but maybe like if, if you took away one thing, you're like, that's, you know, if nothing else, if I forget it all, this is the thing that I want to remember. And I, I know that Tim's going to be really hard pressed to come back with just one thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if there's if there's one thing, what's the what is the one thing that you you want to make sure you remember? I'll I'll kick it off, Henry, and I'll say uh, I'm not going to follow your instructions because I don't think this is the one thing you should remember. <laughs> but I think Me it's something. <laughs> I know you're not. I don't think this is like the pinnacle, the one thing you should remember. But we didn't touch on this, and I think it's incredibly important, especially when you're leading a team. Is your feedback should be timely, in the sense that yes, if something has gone wrong and it needs correction, you. I would say take time to gather yourself so you're not overly emotional about it, but don't take a lot of time because it needs to be addressed soon because situations like that or behaviors like that, they tend to infect the rest of the team. And I think we've all seen that meme on LinkedIn, the, the best way to lose your good employees is to watch them tolerate your bad ones. <laughs> and yeah. so you, you need to address it in a timely manner. And it goes back to the conversation at the beginning where people are uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable delivering it. So they're going to delay it and delay it and delay it. And it, truthfully, the longer you take, the longer you delay, the more uncomfortable it gets. And so it's it's important to address it quickly. Yes. And since Josh said that, then I can just kind of add on to his and then add my one instead of having oh two. God. There you go. Because I'm that sorry. was actually one that I was going to say. Let's be honest. Timing is everything. Yeah. So you have to have the self-awareness and the social awareness to pick a time when the person that you're going to talk to is receptive. You know your people. So be aware of a good time when they're going to be receptive and also be aware of when you're going to be in a good headspace to deliver the criticism. I mean, that's critical, but you got to do it fairly soon. You can't say, oh yeah, in two months, I think I'll be in a good headspace, but you know, don't rush into it because they may not be receptive and you might not be in a good place to deliver the feedback. So that's important. Josh, thanks for pointing that out. Good my one you. point, Henry, <laughs> my one point, since I'm sticking to the rules here. Oh, wow. Okay. It wasn't even anything that I read. It's just, honestly, someone told me along the way and it's just, I just think it's important. We praise in public, we criticize in private. Yeah, for sure. That's my that's my one point. I mean, you as a leader, you prop up your people in public. That is where you deliver the praise. That's a celebration. And if you have criticism for them, that is behind closed doors. And the worst possible thing that you can do as a leader is to get that backwards. Because if you start criticizing in public and the only praise you give is in private, you will break your people and they will leave you very poor behavior by a leader. So praise in public, criticize in private. Uh, for me, it, it, it's, it comes down to empathy and outcomes. Um, and if the person that you're speaking to knows that your intent is, is to improve them, to help them and not to harm them, you're not looking for a position or an angle to, to oust them from the business, you're actually genuinely trying to improve them because your approach is empathetic, then you do increase the chance of a positive outcome for both you and that other person. And I really want to make sure that I say this before we wrap up, 
but uh, Tim and Josh, you guys are excellent uh, KL podcast hosts. I really need both of you to stick to the plan. Whenever I ask a question, I want you to focus on that. <laughs> but, you know, continue being great, great hosts with incredible hair. And I love your shoes. <laughs> so we're great hosts, Josh. Yes. Good stuff. Perfect. Man, Thanks, Henry. That's what I needed going into my weekend. Yes. <laughs> Some praise. So not to continue to pick the scab, Henry, but since you didn't get the job that you interviewed for. Oh, boy. Have you received feedback? Tell us about, tell us about that, honestly, because this is real life, yeah, real yeah. time experience. How'd that go? Okay. So. Yeah. Interesting that you brought this up uh, with some of the topics we've talked about. So let me, so I, I interviewed with three people. It was a panel interview with three people at once and um, thanked everyone afterwards and asked for feedback. And whenever I found out that I didn't, I wasn't going to be moving to the second round. I followed up again. I said, I want feedback on what I can improve, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, one person responded back right away, said, set up time. We'll talk. And I did. I set up time. And, uh, and, and we had a, a great conversation and that conversation was mostly centered around the fact that my interview was great, but there was another person on the panel who really had a problem with some of my background and wasn't comfortable moving me forward. <laughs> yeah. The buck uh, has been passed. The book has been passed. The book was passed to the person who never responded to either email request. Didn't set up. A, <laughs> I have heard nothing from this person. And then the third interviewer set up an invite for a month after uh, I'd sent that initial email. So I've still got about three and a half more weeks before I'll have that conversation. Yeah. So to, to summarize of the three people, one person replied back and said, the criticism will come from the, the other person guy. who didn't reply, <laughs> who didn't reply. <laughs> and then the third person just said, you know what? I don't want to completely ignore this, but I'm just going to put it on the calendar for 2022 and maybe it'll disappear <laughs> before we get there. That's what happened. This is hard. It's oh hard to gosh. provide feedback. It's hard to provide criticism. People don't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, and these are professional, up, these are professional people with a lot of professional tenure and it's hard right. to provide criticism. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we, we led with, oh, it's easier to give criticism than to take it. And that is exactly what people think until they get in the moment. And then it is not quite so easy. So, you know, we've talked about a lot in the last 30, 45 minutes, but it's critical that you are timely with your feedback, criticize in private, not public, you know, make sure that you're cognizant of being empathetic to the situation. It can be very challenging. I think the most important thing is that you prepare and that you focus on great communication and I'll go back to our last podcast or the one before that. I can't remember where it was we were talking about. Verbal drafting can help you here. Good luck out there. We hope now you have a higher level of confidence for delivering criticism. And remember, do it on time, do it in private, and lead with empathy. The person you're speaking to will be better because of it. Stay tuned next week for receiving criticism. For more KL podcasts, visit kindleadershipproject.com, follow us on LinkedIn, or find us on your favorite streaming service. This podcast is an expression of the views of Kind Leadership and its team. 
We're always open for discussion, so find us on social media and give us your thoughts.